The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to a Tip of the Cap podcast brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Tip of the Cap. I am your host, Coach Jaws, as always. We are here. Uh, no, no, no guests this time. Uh, so, you know, been working like crazy through the fall season here and had a little bit of time tonight. So I wanted to jump on and just record an episode about, uh, you know, what, what, what players can do, what young players can do to really help prepare themselves, not only for next year, but for the, for them attempting to go to college, uh, and play baseball. So, if you know me, you know I spent the last three years uh, coaching college baseball. Prior to that, the prior 11, coaching high school baseball, and then going way back in the day, getting my start uh, in the realm of travel baseball with Team New Era back in the day. And when, back in the day when we when we did that, uh, when that was you know Team New Era, to Inferno Baseball, whatever you wanted to call it, was the first team of its kind in this area. And I've talked about it quite a few times on the show where nobody else had kind of done that. Nobody else had, had dove into that realm of baseball. Everything was tied to your town, to your little leagues. And this was the first team that kind of broke away, said, we're going to do something regional. We're going to do something you know, that this area has never seen, but that happens all over the country. And we because that's where we want to compete. We want to compete on a, on, a, on a regional and national level and kind of wrote the book of what has now become what we, what we now know as travel baseball. And, you know, where kids from all over different areas can come together and play uh, on the same team. They're not tied to a town or an area or a district or whatever it may be. And, you know, with that, you know, came one of the things that those teams started. One of the things that always changed the game and always helped teams like, you know, the, that original inception of New Era, when the Academy started, when the HRF Titans started and stuff like that, was the fact that we practiced all year long. Right, so we started practice in October, and we ran right through. Uh, if you were twelve and under, you know, all the way down to the young guys at ten, you practiced all the way through into May when you started your, tur- you know, your tournaments and your league season. And if you were a high school guy and you were playing high school baseball, you practiced up until March when high school tryouts started. Very few of our guys had issues making teams because obviously they were some of the better players in the area as a whole, let alone at their school. And then you know we would kind of take that break and then get back into it once high school ball stopped. And when we when we hit the ground running, you know, our guys and our teams, they just operated at a different level because a lot of teams, you know, it was their first couple times together. They had practiced a few times and, you know, they, they hadn't really gelled as a team where our guys had been together since October. They knew each other. They knew their signs. They knew the systems. They knew everything they were supposed to be doing. And there were times that talented teams you know, looked not as good because they just, they weren't as polished. Well, now everyone practices in the winter. There's, I, I want to say hundreds, but it's not hundreds. There's a, a ton of indoor facilities all over Western New York for teams to go in and get practice time and, and just get, it kind of took that 
that edge away a little bit. And now that edge depends on the type of training, which we're not going to get into as a team. But what we're going to do is we're going to, I want to talk to you guys about the, the stuff you can do as a player, as an individual to prepare yourself, not only for playing next year. uh, And this is going to be a little bit more geared toward the older groups, the, the guys that are, you know, on the big diamond going into high school, playing high school baseball, and then hopefully playing in college. If that is your goal. And that is the, the end game that you're, you're really working towards. And listen, if it's not, that's okay. And this stuff can help you too, because even if you just want to play high school baseball and you want to be good, you know, I, I know a lot of guys who are really, really competitive and, you know, but they're a football guy, right? And they want to go to college and play football and that's the goal, but they still want to be able to hang on the baseball field because no, no true competitor wants to suit up and play and not be good, right? Nobody wants to put the uniform on, go and watch other people play or, you know, be, see yourself falling down the order. Or even if you're that guy who ends up in the middle of the order, not doing well or not, especially not doing well in the biggest stages. So a lot of this stuff can really, really help those guys. And it can also help guys, you know, the younger guys can, can kind of tune into this too, because the sooner you start some of this stuff, the easier it's going to be as you get older. Um, one of the biggest things, understand what things mean and, and and what coaches want as you get older okay so as you're young when you're on the small diamond you learn something simple like cutoffs right so nobody on balls getting cut to second base middle infielders you you know are, are your cut guys and at every single diamond in western new york and probably nationwide you hear hit the cutoff hit the cutoff and that that ends up translating into onto the big diamond, especially at 13. You know, we talk about that being the jump. 12U, you see a lot of really good baseball. It's kind of it's got it's got some pace to it. It's got some giddy up to it. You go watch some of these teams in Cooperstown, and holy cow, does the game kind of move? And then you go to the big diamond, especially for the guys that stay on the 4060s and the little on the little league diamonds, quote unquote, jumping to a you know a 6090. The game gets huge, huge. And even going from 5070 to the to the 6090, the game still gets big. And we get back to that. We get back to hit the cutoff, hit the cutoff, hit the cutoff. By the time you're going into your let's say at minimum junior year of high school, if you're an outfielder, any ball going into second base, any especially any routine ball going into second base, shouldn't need a cutoff. That that's where your arm should be. Your arm should be at a point where Base hit, I cut it off, and I come up gunning. And and that's the other thing. Routine play, you see guys come up, just kind of lob it in. And whether they lob it into the into second base or into the cutoff, listen, man, you're an outfielder. How many times in the game do you get to come up and show it off? Right? How many times do you get to come up and let it fly? Not many, right? Not many. So when you do get a chance to throw a ball in, throw it. Let it out. Let it eat. So that's one of those fun ones that you know can become a thing where Guy hits a single early in a game, and you come up and you fire a laser into second base. You kind of turn some heads. Your your base coaches kind of go, "I don't know if I'm running on that dude today." The guys in you know the, the guys in the bench on, on the bench. Oh man, he's got a cannon, you know. And you kind of like get get that in people's heads. You know, you you don't see the guys taking those hustle doubles on on dudes that get it and get it in and get it in on a line. Um, and, and what that does, you know, whether it's into the cutoff or into the second base, you shouldn't need the cutoff on most of your routine stuff 
to second base. Your better outfielders, especially left and center, because then you'll hear hear me out. Left field, center field, you shouldn't need one to third much either. Right field, that's usually where your dude with the hose is, right? Right field's usually the guy with an absolute rocket launcher attached to his shoulder. Um, he should be, center fielder going away, right fielder should be no cutoff to a long hop. Okay, and what's a long hop? A long hop is the one that you can let, you, you're, you can tell your cutoff guy to let it go. It hits the ground and the long hop is an easy catch. Okay, we're not doing a short hop that kind of handcuffs us somewhere in the middle. It's not a short hop that's, you know, a pick and tag. It's going to hit nice and easy, hit us in the chest, and we can make a play. And then to home, same thing. No cut to a long hop. By the time you get to a certain age, needing a cutoff probably means we're not getting the guy unless it's a cutoff and they're trying to take one extra bag on top of that. Okay, when we talk about lining up cutoffs, Usually it's the bag the, the lead runner is going to plus one, right? That's your general basic bare minimum. Run around second, base hit, we're cutting four. Run around third, or sorry, run around first, base hit, we're cutting three. That's generally speaking how it's taught. And, you know, I do know that there are other ways to do it. That is just, again, I'm I'm speaking in generalities here. If you come up, run around first, ball hit to center field, and that dude's going first to third, and you need to use a cutoff, you're probably not getting him. I mean, it's very, very rare, especially as you get into the higher levels, that that is the case. Cutting the ball off actually slows the play down. I'm going to let that one marinate, and I'm sure I'm going to get crap for that. But hear me out. A ball that goes straight through one way or the other, one hop on the ground is faster than in the glove, out of the glove, and throw. You don't make up that time on the throw. Now, run around first, gap shot. Dude tries to score. That one needs a cutoff. That one, the ball is ne- the cutoff is necessary, and that's where the throw has to be, again, to the cutoff, or a lot of times we're talking about a double cut in this situation. The double cut is, you know, it. you, you need it to get to one of the two because then that ball's got to go to its destination. Right, the cutoff guy should be at once you get to a certain level, your cutoff man should be a guy who is a change of direction for the play. So what I'm now hear me out because I'm not saying airmail it. I'm not saying throw it ten feet in the air. I'm saying it should be a ball that your cutoff man can make a play on if he needs to. That's going to hit the other guy in the air or on a long hop. That takes some work. Okay, that takes some effort. That takes some knowledge of your arm, your arm strength, and what you can do with the baseball. That's why arm strength matters, guys. Uh, another one, catchers. Getting the ball to second base in the air is faster than one-hopping it. Again, I'm not saying airmail it, but scientifically speaking, when the ground acts upon the ball, it slows it down. You lose a couple tenths. What's the difference usually between a an out uh, you know out and safe, a tenth or two, right, tenth of a second, uh, and what what both of those kind of come down to, and bear with me here because I I've talked a lot today I I'm on the phone all day for for work so if I'm stumbling or I sound a little uh, clicky that's why, um, arm strength, playing catch, throwing the ball to a target and knowing you can get it to a target and doing it on a line doing it at a distance all of these things matter, so. One of the biggest things you can do to prepare yourself for the next level, whatever that next level is, 
is have intent when you play catch. Okay. Baseball is a very simple game or so we're told you throw it, you catch it, you hit it, right? You run, you got to do it. Well, you have to be able to do it well. If you want to play and play well and have success at the next, at the next level, you have to be able to catch the ball. You have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to hit the ball and you got to be able to run. All right. Very, very few guys get away with playing baseball without being able to run. That's just a fact. Very few guys, you know, if you can't hit, you better be a plus-plus defender, which means you can catch the ball and throw the ball really, really well. Um, and those things, you know, those things are things that start at young ages It with taking pride in how you play catch, working in different throws as you play catch. If you're an infield infielder, especially you middle guys, really any any infielder, throwing the ball from different arm slots, from different angles, moving your feet, stuff like that, getting good at catching and throwing a baseball in a lot of different ways is only going to help you when you get to the next level. Because guess what? You got to be able to make, to make off-time throws. Okay, we're not going to be able to set our feet perfectly on every single play. We're not going to be able to get to the same over-the-top strong arm slot on every single throw. So we have to be able to do it and do it well when we can't. Because game, you know, baseball is a beautiful game, and it's a beautiful game of imperfection. When things look good and look pretty, oh boy, do they look crisp. I'm going to equate this to something. How many times you guys go out there, you watch a team take I.O., and it looks good. It looks crisp. It looks fancy. And you look at it and go, these dudes know where the ball is going every single time. They know who they're catching it from. They know where the throw is going. And they practice this to look pretty. Okay, and it, there is a difference between in I.O. looking good because you're good or looking good because you practice your I.O. looking good. There is a difference. Hear that? There is a difference. Uh, and if you know it, you know it. And that's another another story for another time. But looking at this, okay, how often is the ball hit right at you on the same two hop in a game? How many times do you know you're going to your forehand or know you're going to your backhand? It should look pretty in I.O. It's it's easy to practice I.O. looking pretty. Okay. But how often is it how often is it pretty in a game? Think about most of the best plays that we've seen. Jeter's not famous for a throw that's just field and catch. It's off hopping off his back foot, pivoting and throwing in the air. Right, that's not an on-time throw. That's not a throw that you do just. Oh, look what I can do one time. This one time and only time I tried it. That's something you got to get good at. You know, you see some of these throws and some of these plays these guys make, and it's it's incredible. But they they're good at it because they practice it and they work at it. Um, <clears throat> you know, taking pride in knowing how to hit versus knowing how to swing. That is one of the big ones, guys. If you are working with someone or you're working on your own and you are concerned with every little itty-bitty, nitty-gritty piece of the swing, but when you get in a cage or you get in a game you can't hit, it's because you don't know how to hit. It's not It's not always the swing. All right, the, the, There are times that the swing can be fine, but we can't hit because we, we're not hitters. Okay, We need to know how to swing, but we need to know how to hit. There is a difference. Knowing how to hit, seeing the ball, being on time. What does it mean to be on time? All right, this is a big one for me. This is a big, big one for me. Being on time. Okay, we talk about it. You hear coaches talk about it. You see tweets about it. You see video of it. And 
the one of the biggest things that I see guys do is they they're on deck or they're in the hole and they're they're timing the pitch, right? They're timing the pitch, they're getting their hands back, their front foot down, getting their hands back, their front foot down. But are they actually are they starting the swing in a competitive manner? Probably not. And what does that do? How many times do you see a guy go up, try like he looks like he's working his timing and then he's late? Why? Because his competitive game swing isn't what he just got on time. He got on time just watching and you know just kind of going through the motions. You have to do it with intent. You have to do it as if you're going to swing at a pitch. If you watch the best players in the game, that's what they do. It's the you know well, whether you call it a load, a coil, whatever you want to, however you however you describe the actions of your swing, they do it to a point where they're starting the actual swing, or sometimes they're swinging. They're actually coming through the zone on a swing. Why? Because you need to be on time in a competitive manner. You can't go up and be on time in a competitive manner if you're not preparing to be on time in a competitive manner. These are little, small things, okay? How do you do that in practice? How do you do that indoors? You're 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 working on a cage, Okay. Whether it's an iron mic, you got somebody feeding a hack attack, whatever it might be. You get in the cage. How many times you go up and watch one? You can't do that in a game. Okay? Maybe we get on time, you know, you're you're hitting with a partner. He's in, say it's an iron mic, or it's a coach. You're, You're getting your timing down in a competitive manner while he's hitting. If you're the first guy in, and you're like, ah, you know what? Get in there, pretend you're in a game and time up a bunt. Time up a bunt for a base hit. I don't care if you look like me. Time up a bunt for a base hit. One of the easiest ways to see a pitch and time it is to is to work a bunt, a competitive bunt. When we talk about bunting, don't square and sit there and be like, okay, throw the ball at me. Square like you would square in a game. You're not going to show it that early where the third baseman can basically be tying your shoe for you when you put the ball down. Do things with intent and do things with a competitive nature. By doing that, you're going to prepare yourself to do things in a competitive environment. You can't you can't expect to compete at a high level and a fast pace without training at a high level and a fast pace. Challenge yourself. Make off-time throws. Anticipate if you're a middle infielder, anticipate a bad throw. And you know, work on getting to a bad throw and making an off-time throw from a weird arm slot because there's going to be a point in the game you're going to have to do it. And your options are going to be don't make the throw or risk making an error because you're not ready to make that throw. The answer has got to be somewhere in the middle. Okay. Anticipate the bad throw. Learn how to throw from a low angle, a mid angle, a high angle. You know, learn how to flip a ball off time. Learn how to flip a ball out of your glove. Learn how to flip a ball or toss a ball from a, a weird angle. One of the worst ways that a middle infielder can cross his partner up is by feeling a ball down low and coming up high to make that throw. All right, how many times do we see young shortstops, young second basemen, feel the ball down low, and instead of staying down low to make the throw, they come up and then they spike it. So now they're coming up, your partner's glove and head is coming up, and then you put it at his knees. And he's like, oh, what the hell? Get used to training the way you want to play. You cannot train half speed and then expect to be competitive at full speed. We, you, at some point, you can work on your swing on a tee. You can work on your swing on soft toss, front toss. But at some point, you have to train to compete. You have to train in a competitive environment. You have to train in, in an environment with intent. 
the same intent you're going to come up to come up with in a game. And that's tough. In the Northeast, we are stuck indoors a lot. I mean, right now, if you are training for baseball, you are not outside doing it. I don't care if you have turf. It is raining a lot this weekend, this past weekend and this early this week. So you're indoors. You're in a cage. It is not easy to take meaningful swings with intent right now. It is not easy to take meaningful ground balls with intent. Right now, this time of year, a great time to work on certain things, to work on your form, to work on how you're swinging, how you're throwing, stuff like that. But at the end of it, ramp up. Ramp up and take some competitive ground balls. Take some competitive, you know, challenge yourself. Make it worth your while. Come up and say, you know what? Uh, this needs to be something that I come in and that I, I commit to. So any throw, I'm throwing into, I'm, I'm at third base and I'm throwing into a sock net at the other end of this this field. Be it a tunnel, be it a full infield, whatever it may be. Any one that I don't get in the hole, 10 push-ups, 10 burpees, 10 sprints. Something that is, A, still going to make you better somehow, but B, you don't necessarily want to do in that moment. Challenge yourself. Make it worth your while to compete because at some point you're going to have to compete, right? That's the point of the game. You, you, you know, we train all this time. We, we, we lock ourselves indoors in the rain and the snow, and we train and we train and we train. And the amount of guys that train and train and train that doesn't necessarily see it translate to success on the field is because you're not ready to have success on the field because you didn't train to have success on the field. You you trained to look good in a cage. You trained to look good for a drill. Uh, one of the things I like to tell my guys is don't worry about doing the drill well. Worry about doing the drill right. What the hell does that mean? I can show you a drill. I can show you a drill that is, this is what it's supposed to look like when you do it right. Okay? This is the result. I've uh, for an example, one of my favorite drills, especially with young guys because it's fun and they enjoy it, is throwing the bat, okay? Extension through contact, we're going to throw the bat. This is what it's supposed to look like. And there are ways to throw the bat and make it look like the bat spins and goes where you want it to go without necessarily doing the drill the right way. That, so you'd be doing the drill well. The, the, the end result is there. Correct, like, I mean, correct, right, whatever you want to say. The bat's spinning the, the way you want it to spin. It's traveling the direction you want it to travel to. But we didn't get there the right way. Okay, so we want to do the drill right, even if we don't have success in the drill right away, because we have to build that. That's what I mean. It's easy to sit back and say, oh, I look great in the cage. How many guys got cage bombs, cage bombs, cage bombs? And then you get outside, the ball barely leaves the infield. Looked great in the cage, though. That's the stuff I'm talking about. We have to train to break out of the confines that we're stuck with in the Northeast and look good on the field. And there's ways to do that. The biggest one starts with intent. So you young guys, whether you're a 10U guy, a parent of a 10U guy, going up to 12U, whatever, if you're a 12U kid making the jump to the 13Us with the big field, train to do so. Train to have success. You can't be a 12-year-old training the same way you trained last year and expect to have success at a, on a bigger field. It's not going to happen. The biggest one here, guys, get in the weight room. Get in the gym. Lift. Train with weights. Do resistance training. If anyone tells you that you do not need to do it, talk to someone else. You have to get in the weight room. You have to get in the gym. If you are a big, strong kid at 10, 11, 12 years old and you're hitting bombs, Guess what? When the field moves back to, to 325 in the lines instead of 210 dead center, 
routine flyouts. Those bombs, routine flyouts this year. All right, if you're that guy who, you know, oh, and we hear it all the time, and I've said it a bunch of times on the show. Oh yeah, how do I get bigger? How do I get bigger? He's so sh- he's he's short. He's small. He's short. He's small. Get in the gym. You look at the sh- you look at the quote unquote small guys that play in the pros. They're not string beans. They're they're not they're not stringy. Even your stringy pitchers are strong and flexible. So get in the gym, work in the weight room, pray in the iron church, as I like to call it. Um, and last but not least, make sure you understand what you're doing when someone works with you and has you doing something. If you're not sure, ask. Ask a question. Why am I doing this drill? What is the purpose of this? What am I working on when I do this? Those questions and understanding why you're doing stuff is one of the most important things for a young player, and here's why. And the coaches, this is for us too. If I can't explain to a kid why I'm having him do something, I probably shouldn't be having him do it because at some point we have to work with kids and get them to a point where in a game they don't need pitch-to-pitch feedback, swing-to-swing feedback, play-to-play feedback. Why? Because that's unrealistic. If we took the time to correct every single pitch, every single swing, every single throw in a game – we're going to be here all day. At some point, the kid needs to understand what he's doing, why he's doing it, and how to do it correctly to a point that he can correct himself and make in-game adjustments. It is one of the biggest things that I see from kids right now, from young players, is a pitch-to-pitch, swing-to-swing. They can't make adjustments because there's not a coach in their ear telling them this, 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 this. At some point, you have to be able, as a player, to make those adjustments yourself to feel what you're doing. And you have to understand the feeling that you have. If you are on time, or like if you're not on time, it's probably not a swing mechanic. But if you don't understand that, you're going to be looking at what's wrong with my swing. There's nothing wrong with the swing if you're if you, if you're late. If you if you're not on time, the swing doesn't really matter, right? If you're if you're behind a ball, if you're the swing can be as pretty as you want, but if you're behind or you're way out front, it's not going to have great success. The closer you are to on time, the more successful you're going to be. So understanding stuff like that is the most is one of the most important parts of hitting. It's the, one of the most important parts of playing. What am I doing and how do I how, what did I do wrong and how do I correct it? Oh, I talked to Coach Smith and he said X, Y, and Z. This is what I felt, so this is what I have to do to make the adjustment. It, it, you have to have the feel for what you're doing and how to adjust when you don't have a coach in your ear 24-7. And that's one of the biggest things that these kids, that the kids, this, kids, players this day in this day and age, you're not always going to have a coach in your ear every single swing. You're not. You're not going to have a coach in your ear every single pitch. You at some point are going to have to sit back and learn and feel things out and get a feel for what you're doing and know how to correct it and make the adjustment. The ability to adjust in-game is one of the biggest things I think that keeps kids in lineups and keeps kids playing at a high level. Because if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you're not having success, you're not going to play. So if you're not having success, we got to figure out why. And you can't figure out why if you don't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. So that's that these, I, and I know I rambled and I know it's, and I apologize, it is tough to stay on track. I don't do notes for these things. I don't do bullet points. I probably should, but I don't. 
uh, because I like to just kind of take it where wherever I go with it. So uh, when you're training this off season, okay, we're and we're hitting that time. We're hitting the time where buildings are going to be opening, memberships are going to be sold, team practices are going to start. You're going to be going in, getting reps, renting cages, renting mounds, doing whatever. Your high school teams are going to have off season workouts, whatever they call them these days. You're going to be in doing your work. Do it with intent. Do it with a plan and do it with some understanding. If you don't know something, ask. Find somebody. I will tell you right here, right now, if you are looking for drills to do, if you're looking for something, if you're struggling with something, if there's something you you don't understand, feel free to contact me. My number is all over all of my social media. At Tip of the Cap Pod on Twitter. Tip of the Cap Podcast on Facebook. Tip of the Cap 716 on Instagram. 716-491-7798. Shoot me a text. Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. What can I do? to? How can I fix it? I will talk to you about baseball all day long. There's a reason that this podcast has, has the amount of episodes it has and is still going. I don't can't say going strong, but I mean 72 episodes as of this one of me talking baseball. I will talk baseball. I will help in any way I can. And you want to just talk and get an idea for some drills, get some, get an idea of some, you know, something you want to work on or something you need you feel the need to fix or how to fix something or how to address something. I got no problem having that conversation with it. And guess what? I'm not going to charge you for it. We talk we start talking like lessons, one-on-one stuff. I, I don't have a choice on that one. I have to pay for space to work with people. So there there's that conversation has to be a little bit different. But if you just want to talk or drills, coaches Hey, how do I, you know, how do I go about doing this? I had somebody reach out to me this winter, uh, talking about how, how and when to know his, you know, that his son is ready or he should, you know, kind of nudge his son in the direction of walking away from the town ball, local travel into something bigger and more serious. And we had a full fledged conversation about it. That young man is now in, in, in a program. He's at, he's on a travel team locally that is going to help him grow. And two of his friends came with him, I think. It was great. I have no problem doing that for you guys. I, I want to help the baseball community. I want to help baseball in Western New York grow. It is a community that I've been part of for a long, long time. It's it, it's a, a group that I love being part of, despite some of the stuff that is out there and some of the people who don't necessarily enjoy me. I'm not here for them. I'm here for you guys. I'm here for the people who want and need the help. Uh, and yes, I will drop a podcast episode about that whenever I feel like it, because I have the microphone. Uh, shout out to... Anybody tuning in here, part of the BICBP Radio Network, check out all the other awesome shows on the network, BICBP-radio.com. I already dropped all my socials, so I'm not going to do that again. And as always, check out Stinger Sports. Use code, code tip of the cap, all one word, uh, to get 15% off your order. They're dropping two new BB Core bats uh, in the near future here, so look, take a look out for those. The, the coloring on the new, I believe it's the Missile S, is awesome. It looks really cool. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends. If you guys want to get lessons, uh, strength and conditioning stuff, workout plans, whatever, get, get a hold of me. You guys have all my contact info. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, I don't know, do, how do I end this again? Play ball? Sure, let's go with that. Play ball!